Hi, you're about to get smarter in just a few minutes with Curiosity Daily from Discovery. Time flies when you're learning super cool stuff. I'm Nate. And I'm Callie. If you're dropping in for the first time, welcome to Curiosity, where we aim to blow your mind by helping you to grow your mind. If you're a loyal listener, welcome back. Today, you'll learn about how scientists are trying to find out a way to make an aging clock that can determine your age and health by looking at your DNA. How looking at our gut could help us treat mental health disorders and how there may be a new treatment option in the form of a vaccine for people suffering from brain tumors. Without further ado, let's satisfy some curiosity. Nate, so I know your birthday, but do you have any idea how old your body really is? And I don't mean your chronological age. I mean your biological age. My biological age. I don't think I've ever heard of Mm -hmm. that or seen it in a doctor's chart. What is it? (laughs) Well, you might actually see it someday. Biological age is how old your body and organs seem, especially when compared to people the same age as you. It could be a better prediction of your health than your chronological age and differ by years, if not decades. Researchers have long been trying to create aging clocks to track just how old we really are. Why would my body seem older or younger? Why wouldn't it just be my age? Well, researchers say that things like stress, sleep, diet, and other lifestyle choices could have a real effect on the wear and tear of your body and organs. Having a biological age could be a great way to track these over time and easily communicate them to patients in a way they could understand. Okay, okay, all right, I get it. So how do I find my biological age then? (laughs) All right, well, it's unfortunately not that easy yet. Calculating it is actually pretty complicated. Even if you do, I should say, it's not a measure of how long you'll live. It's just like a little warning sign that you might be aging faster than you think. So to figure it out, researchers and scientists turn to these aging clocks. Okay, you just said it's not that easy and that calculating it is complicated. (laughs) Clocks sound pretty simple. So what is it these clocks look at to come up with their numbers? Well, I mean, it's still not that simple. Some look at measurements for specific organs. Others look at what are called epigenetic markers. These include how molecules called methyl groups attach to your DNA in thousands of places. The way they attach to DNA changes with age. We aren't sure why, but looking at how they are attached can give researchers clues to see if your biological age is more advanced than your real age. Okay, does that really work? You're just looking at patterns to see how these things attach? I mean, isn't that most of science, just looking at patterns? (laughs) Just saying. (laughs) Researchers at UCLA say they can help them guess your chronological age within five years most of the time. They created clocks that look at stats about your health, including your blood glucose levels, white blood cell count, and your actual age. Another group took this method a step farther. They tracked the health of 954 volunteers in their mid-20s to mid-40s and tracked stats that showed how well their organs functioned. They use these measurements to make a speedometer for how fast someone ages. They can predict how those metrics will change over time for an individual. Okay, well, I get that having an older biological age sounds generally bad, but what are the specific consequences? Well, one researcher says that it can be a warning sign for increased risk of cancer, diabetes, and heart disease, even an increase in death from any cause. Okay, that does sound a bit serious. I think I need to try and find out my biological age. Okay, but no, actually, gonna stop you right there. Biological age is a great idea. It's a really cool concept, and someday it could be a powerful tool in personalized healthcare. But we are not there just yet. 
Even researchers who are deeply invested in the space say it can be hard to know why your biological age changes. The kind of calculations necessary to make aging clocks are really hard and prone to mistakes. Tiny mistakes in examining your DNA might magnify to years of difference in your biological age. Okay, so I won't be replacing my doctor's visit with just an algorithm and a thumb prick anytime soon. <laughs> okay, no, not quite. Uh, they say that even if they wildly improve the tech, it'll never replace your standard doctor's visits. But it will hopefully be another tool in our belt soon. In the meantime, consider that our bodies can age at different rates. Even if we don't know exactly what that rate is, we can make choices like eating well and getting enough sleep to slow it down. All right, we've talked about the effects of the human microbiome before, and there's still a ton of research being done about how those tiny organisms in our gut affect different parts of our health. But did you know that the microorganisms might not just control how your belly feels? They might control how your brain feels. Are you telling me that the tiny organisms that help me digest my food are also helping determine my mood? Mm, so poetic. Uh, that Thank is you. exactly what I'm telling you, yes. Not only has our gut biome previously been linked to some psychological disorders, but watching how our biomes work might soon help researchers find their patients the right treatments for mental disorders. Okay, that is fascinating. And to think that it's just a few little organisms in your belly doing that. Ooh, not just a few. Try like 39 trillion microorganisms. Oh. The more we study the gut, the more we realize how important it is for our whole body's health. We already know that there is a microbiome-brain connection and that it's a two-way street. There's more and more evidence that your microbiome might play a part in how your body releases hormones and even how we develop diseases like ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease. Okay, so that also is really interesting, but kind of gives a bit of a wrinkle to the whole you-are-what-you-eat situation. Mm, absolutely. And researchers have already done animal studies that show a link between the microbes in your gut and how likely you are to experience anxiety. Certain microbes increase your likelihood of more anxious behavior and brain function. There's still a lot more work to be done to solidify that link in humans, but researchers are particularly curious about how these microbes can influence things like depression. And that would definitely help a ton of people. Yeah, for sure. And the reason they're looking into the biology is because it shows up in so many people with different backgrounds, so there's not necessarily always a through line in how it's caused. Previously, they looked at blood samples to see if there was any evidence of a connection between inflammation and depression, but they're also starting to look at stool samples. Again? Really? Mm, it comes up. Okay, so you mean poop. I yes. guess it's kind of like a postcard from your gut biome telling you exactly what's going on in there. Pretty much. <laughs> and that could soon help out our brains, too. The researchers looked at samples from a depression study, and what they found could seriously help patients. So right now, there are a lot of treatments to choose from for depression, including antidepressants, but they don't always work as well as we might think. It's really only about 40%. Yikes. Okay, well then, I guess getting the right treatment to the right person as quickly as possible would make a real difference. Exactly. And scientists were able to look at patients who had successful treatments and identify some microbes the successfully treated patients had in common. With this finding, they can pre-screen new patients and look for microbes that might suggest more success for one treatment versus another. Okay, so that is amazing. That's real body feedback. For sure. Before this, the best you could rely on was a patient self-reporting how they felt. But now you can screen for success and build a more specific profile of your patient, which should help a lot of people find the right treatment. 
Okay. Uh, talk about feeling something in your gut. I'd uh, like to thank my stomach for this good science. <laughs> and the 39 trillion little organisms helping out in there. Yeah, I don't want to think about that part. Thank them individually, please. <laughs> so we talk about vaccines a lot on this show, and today is no different because I found a super interesting study about a vaccine that can be used to treat brain tumors. Ooh, okay, a brain tumor vaccine. How would that even work? So think of it as less like a normal vaccine and more like immunotherapy. Once you get the vaccine, your immune system gets reprogrammed to track down and fight the tumor. The shot is personalized towards each patient's individual immune system, so it's not a one-size-fits-all vaccine. Okay. Uh, what do you mean personalized? All right, this gets a little bit complicated. Bear with me. Mm -hmm. It's made from proteins extracted from a patient's own glioblastoma, which is the kind of brain cancer surveyed here, as well as a sample of their own white blood cells, which tells the existing white blood cells how to track down the tumor. Think of it like one of those dogs that sniffs for drugs at the airport, except the vaccine isn't going to arrest the tumor. It's going to kill it. Okay, I, I understand that. Is the vaccine effective? Yep. 331 people took part in a clinical trial in the UK to test the vaccine, which is known as DCVax, with 232 taking DCVax and 99 taking a placebo. All 331 had surgery beforehand, followed by radiotherapy and chemotherapy to remove as much of their tumor as possible beforehand, which is a standard treatment for glioblastoma. Over 13% of the participants lived for more than five years after taking the vaccine. On average, the participant survived anywhere from 13 to 19 months after DCVax did its job. Huh. Okay. I, on one hand, that's amazing. But on the other, 13 to 19 months doesn't feel like that long of a time frame. I know, but I'll let the results speak for themselves. So the study had a monitored control group who didn't take DCVax, and on average, they lived around seven months after the study, which isn't great. The group that did take DCVax, their average was closer to 13 months, with some people even living more than seven years after receiving the vaccine. I know it doesn't seem like a lot, but the point is that DCVax allows people to live a lot longer than they would have. Glioblastoma is one of the most aggressive kinds of cancer a person can have, and it makes up nearly 50% of all malignant brain tumors in the U.S. So in this case, any increased lifespan as a result of the vaccine is great news. Okay, yeah, I mean, that sounds really awesome. When can we expect this to go mainstream? So like a lot of things we talk about, it still needs to be approved by medical regulators in the U.K., so it's even further away from people suffering from glioblastoma in the U.S. However, the company that makes DCVax is planning to seek regulatory approval so it can become available ASAP. Is there any particular reason they want to get it out so soon? Yeah, because DCVax would be the first new treatment in over 17 years for newly diagnosed patients, as well as the first in 27 years for people who saw glioblastoma return. A vaccine like this might not be a perfect way to fight brain tumors, but it would be a blessing that could allow people to live longer and suffer less. Let's recap what we learned today to wrap up. Age isn't just a number, especially when you consider your biological age. Though the systems are not perfect yet, aging clocks are helping us track and fight how quickly we age. Researchers say our brain and gut biome are intimately connected. While we've long known that they can affect each other, researchers are currently working to see how they can use our guts to find more effective treatment for mental health disorders. Introducing the newest way to treat brain cancer, a vaccine. A new vaccine treatment out of the UK has found a way to extend glioblastoma's patients' lives by anywhere from a half a year to nearly a decade. 
Widespread accessibility is still many years away, but if this vaccine passes trial, it will be the first new treatment for GBM patients in nearly 20 years. Curiosity Daily is produced by Wheelhouse DNA for Discovery. You can find our show wherever you get podcasts, and we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Our Discovery executive producer is Christina Bavetta. Our Wheelhouse DNA executive producer is Cassie Berman. This show is hosted by us, Callie Gade and Nate Bonham. Our producer is Kiara Noni. Writing is done by Jed Bookout and James Lynch. Our researcher is Julia Schrader. Sound design, audio engineering, and editing by Nick Carissimi. I'm Nate Bonham. And I'm Callie Gade. We'll see you next week. 